guys for taking time your time to stay here with us. Um, we're sorry that it took a little bit more time, but we thought it would be best for us as a team to brainstorm a little bit, educate ourselves, um, and not rush into having raw emotion, giving you guys things like that. So uh, on behalf of ourselves and our team, we, we're going to place a statement as a team today and go back and continue to educate ourselves and get better awareness of what's going on, and then you know, speak to you guys later. So. We'll come up with a statement now. Our team statement, uh, the past four months have shed a light on the ongoing racial injustices facing our African-American community. Citizens around the country have used their voices and platforms to speak out against these wrongdoings. Over the last few days in our home state of Wisconsin, we've seen the horrendous video of Jacob Blake being shot in the back seven times by a police officer in Kenosha and the additional shooting of protesters. Despite the overwhelming plea for change, there has been no action so our focus today cannot be on basketball. When we take the court and represent Milwaukee and Wisconsin, we are expected to play at a high level, give maximum effort and hold each other accountable. We hold ourselves to that standard. And in this moment, we are demanding the same from lawmakers and law enforcement. We are calling for justice for Jacob Blake and demand the officers be held accountable. For this to occur, it is imperative for the Wisconsin state legislator to reconvene after months of inaction and take up meaningful measures to address issues of police accountability, brutality, and criminal justice reform. We encourage all citizens to educate themselves, take peaceful and responsible action, and remember to vote on November 3rd on behalf of the Milwaukee Bucks. Thank you. Thank you. Hey everyone, my name is Miguel Garcia, and I'm the host of the Sports as a Weapon podcast, a working class sports podcast on the entanglement of pro sports radical politics, and working-class sports fan culture. And don't worry, we just talk sports too. So, on today's episode, in today's episode, it's a very special episode. As you just heard, you heard the Milwaukee Bucks audio and their statement from yesterday after they they pretty much went on strike and did not play their Game 5 playoff game against the Milwaukee um, against the Orlando Magic. So, the Bucks had a reason for striking, uh, obviously because of the shooting of Jacob Blake, that was the main reason. And then according to the Athletics Shams Sharania, he said Bucks players, this is according to his tweet yesterday. Bucks players are in were in the locker room attempting to reach the Attorney General of Wisconsin, Josh Call. Sources told The Athletic, Magic players are leaving the arena soon. They are not accepting the Bucks' forfeit. So, the Bucks in solidarity, I mean the Orlando Magic in solidarity, did not accept the forfeit, so pretty much giving them a win in solidarity with the Bucks and decided to join the strike. And this pretty much started a wildfire, for the lack of a better term, because I live in California and right now we have wildfires going, going on throughout the whole state. But 
it created a domino effect. And so after that, the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder decided to also strike. And then to save a little face, the NBA decided to cancel the Lakers versus Portland Trail Blazers game five playoff game yesterday because the Lakers and the Portland Trail Blazers were also going to strike. But it didn't end there with the NBA. Um, actually, well, the re- NBA refs and the coaches also joined in solidarity in the strike later on. And today, this morning, the refs had a, a march, I guess, at the bubble, did like a solidarity march, and employees of Disney World working there, where they're at the bubble, were cheering them on. So that was a solidarity march. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then actually yesterday after the NBA went on strike, it spread throughout the whole sports world. And so the first teams not from the NBA to join the strike were the Milwaukee Brewers and Cincinnati Reds who joined in solidarity with the NBA uh, players. So it was fitting that a, another Milwaukee pro sports team were the next, were the first ones to lead in their sport. And then after that, a couple more major league teams joined as well. And that was the Seattle Mariners and San Diego Padres. And then it was the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants, where particularly the Seattle Mariners, D. Gordon was very outspoken about not playing yesterday. And it's good to note that the Seattle Mariners have the most black players, American black players, African-Americans in Major League Baseball. So, um, because obviously there's other black players from Latin America, Afro-Caribbean players. um, But from the United States, the Seattle Mariners have the most black players. So that was a very, very interesting note and actually pretty awesome that they took a stand And then after that, with the Dodgers and Giants, Mookie Betts spoke up and said that even if his team had played, he would have sat out the game as well. So what was also very good to see from the Los Angeles Dodgers was one of their other leaders, um, who was was a white player, Clayton Kershaw. So if you don't know about Clayton Kershaw, he's from Dallas, Texas. He's Christian and very religious. And yeah, I'm stereotyping here, but typically that's a MAGA stronghold group. So usually don't expect this from someone like that with that background. But he's been very outspoken since the George Floyd incident. And he was coded in the press conference yesterday with Dave Roberts and Kenley Jansen and Mookie Betts as saying, quote, As a white player on this team, how can we show support? What is something tangible that we can do to help our black brothers on this team? We felt the best thing to do was to support that in not playing, end quote. So, other players joined the strike, but their teams didn't. These were black players. And so that was Matt Kemp of the Colorado Rockies, Dexter Fowler of the St. Louis Cardinals, um, Jason Hayward of the Chicago Cubs. And then from the New York Mets, Dominic Smith kneeled before the anthem. And then after the game, 
he was asked about people not or about protesting and why he kneeled and what's going on with all the with the strike and with police violence, police brutality, police killing black people. And it was pretty emotional. So I'm going to play that audio right now. So before before I play the audio, let me give credit to the previous audio that started the show, the Milwaukee Bucks statement. That was via the Los Angeles Times Lakers beat reporter, Tanya Gonjuli's Twitter. And then this audio right here is via MLB.com's Anthony DiComo. And the SNY network, that's a New York sports network. And here is the audio of Dominic Smith. I've been very emotional. Um, yeah, just to kind of see this you know, continuously happen. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it was a long day for me. So, <laughs> I don't know there mentally, but we'll be all right. I mean, I think the most difficult part is to see like people still don't care, and for for this, it's continuously happening. I mean, it just shows um, just the hate in people's heart, and I mean, I mean that, that just sucks, you know. And you know, black man in America, it's, it's not easy. So, I mean, like I said, you know, I, I just I wasn't there today, but. Uh, So there you hear the raw emotion of Dominic Smith of the Mets. Mets. You could like hear his pain, his frustration of being a black man in America and continuing to see black people, black men, black women killed by police every day and nothing happens to the cops. So that was very emotional, very tough thing to hear. But it was real, and that's what we need to hear from players, from sports athletes, from people with a platform to put themselves out there a little bit and show other people, other people that just think of them as just athletes, but show show them how human they are because they're human. Yeah, they play sports. They're athletic. They do things that we can't, us normal people can't do that aren't professional athletes. But they're still human beings and they still got a mind and a heart. So it was really, really good to hear that from Dominic Smith, even though it's very painful. So the next sports league to go on strike last night was the WNBA, which is awesome because they're also like part of the NBA. They're just the women's league. But they also have more to sacrifice than NBA players, but they don't get because they don't get paid the money NBA players. Just like in society where men get paid more than women on average, the same thing is same thing applies in sports. Women are underpaid compared to NBA athletes, and it's bullshit. Especially with leagues like the WNBA, where they have some amazing athletes that deserve to get paid much more. Um, so for them to do that, that's pretty awesome. They're in solidarity, but it's not surprising because the WNBA is usually the most active with social justice issues out of all the professional sports league with the NBA, I say being second. So yeah, that was very good to see the WNBA do that. And 
They're actually not going to play tonight either. So they're not playing today, Thursday, August 27th as well. And then shortly after uh, yesterday's events, there were statements made by the Milwaukee Bucks owners. And so here's the statement. I'm going to read it. We fully support our players and the decision they made. Although we definitely, although we did not know beforehand, we would have wholeheartedly agreed with them. The only way to bring about change is to shine a light on the racial injustices that are happening in front of us. Our players have done that and we will continue to stand alongside them and demand accountability and change. And then something interesting I saw on Twitter yesterday, the NBA's Player Association, which really is just a tweet, doesn't mean too much, but I've never seen a league do this. And that's, um, they tweeted out, we stand with our players. And then hashtag justice for Jacob Blake. But then they shared an image of a raised fist and it read, the revolution will not be televised. So that was pretty cool to see, even though it was just a tweet. The fact that a professional sports league union tweeted an image that says the revolution will not be televised is pretty cool to me, at least. So that was another interesting thing. You could see these on my on our Instagram page, which is Sports as a Weapon Podcast. So you could follow us on Instagram. And then another interesting thing about yesterday's historic event of strikes throughout the sports world was it was literally four years to the day of when Colin Kaepernick sat on the bench and protested the national anthem. So four years to the day and the NBA players start a strike that created a domino effect throughout sports for one day. So, and it was on the anniversary of when Kaepernick started his protests. So that was a pretty good thing, cool thing to find out about. Like, that's crazy, man. The universe, whatever you believe in, works in mysterious ways. Could just be a coincidence, but that was really, really cool. And then another cool thing in solidarity was a former player standing with players. And a lot of former players stood with players. Um, Scottie Pippen tweeted out something. Isaiah Thomas did a great commentary on NBA TV where he was literally breaking down race and like pretty much getting anthropologists and sociologists. And he was talking about how race is a social construct, but he was also talking about how white people are born into this country and are given birth rights just because of their color of their skin. Whereas black people are born into this country and do not get those exact same birth rights because of their color of their skin. So that was really cool to see and hear from a former player and speak about race like he's a sociology professor. So that was really, really cool. So anyways, the, you know, you know, NBA on TNT, they got Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal and Kenny Smith and Ernie Johnson. Kenny Smith in solidarity walked off the set of the NBA on TNT on Inside the NBA and just straight out walked off in solidarity. And obviously Shaq and Charles Barkley just stood there, which is not surprising, even though I'm a Laker fan. 
And growing up, Shaq was my favorite player growing up. Still one of my favorite players. But politically, Shaq is trash, to be honest. No disrespect to Shaq, but if you didn't know, Shaq is an honorary police officer. I do not know where, but I remember he was once in New Jersey. So that, so uh, Shaq's usually apolitical and a pro-cop guy. So I didn't expect him to join his his co-worker in solidarity off the set. And then if you didn't know about Charles Barkley, he's a Republican, just like Herschel Walker. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that. So former NFL player running back from the Dallas Cowboys and other teams, Herschel Walker was a speaker at the Republican National Convention the other day and straight up said he doesn't believe that Donald Trump is racist because he's known him for so long. And how could a friend he's known for 30-plus years, I think he said 35, be racist? Which is absurd and stupid, and it's pretty sad, man. Internal Internalized racism right there. Um, so anyways, Kenny Smith walked off the set. So that's really, really awesome that he did that. So the protest didn't stop there with MB, the NBA, WNBA, Major League Baseball. Um, one of the biggest superstars in women's tennis announced that she was going to stop she was going to withdraw from her semifinals match this weekend and that was Naomi Osaka who if you didn't know is not only a black woman but also Japanese so she's a woman of color but she's a proud black woman and she decided that she she couldn't she couldn't go forward with playing her match and she specifically mentioned the continued genocide of black people in the United States at the hands of police and racism and white supremacy. So that was really good to see a really big superstar in women's sports like her to speak up and decide to join the strike. And then later on, when it became a Wednesday night, some more interesting stuff came out, which ultimately, ultimately, led to the NBA deciding to return to basketball today on Thursday, August 27th, and the decision is to play starting Saturday. But let me recap what happened Wednesday night. So the players had a meeting. All the teams and players left in the bubble had a meeting to discuss their next plan of action after the Bucks started the strike wave. And then... Even coaches joined in and refs, and they also spoke to owners. And according to the athletic Shams Sharanya, Miami's Udonis, Udonis Haslam spoke and essentially told everyone in the room that without the Lakers and Clippers, how will the season continue? And then LeBron James walked out and the rest of the Lakers and Clippers exited behind him. And then, according to the Los Angeles Times, Tanya Gonjuli, and other reports, I think also Shams Sharanya and The Athletic this morning on Thursday, uh, Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James were adamant in ending the season. And also, Pat Beverly was an outspoken uh, uh, player on the Clippers in doing the same thing with stopping the season. But the rest of the NBA teams and players wanted to keep playing the playoffs. 
So they decided to meet again this Thursday morning. And breaking news had come out this morning when I was planning to start to record this this podcast from Adrian Wojnarowski and other reporters that the NBA had decided, the players had decided after the meeting that they were going to return to play this weekend, but they wanted to hold the owners accountable. And instead of the owners just contributing money to organizations, they wanted the owners to actually stop being reactive and be active and pretty much help with actual actionable plans like the uh, George Floyd bills that are going around Congress throughout, not that, not only at the national level, but at the state level. So that was one of the action plans and obviously voting as well and then holding the police officers that killed Breonna Taylor accountable and charging them with murder and then also holding the cops accountable that killed um well not killed but shot seven times in the bank in the back point blank jacob blake who luckily has survived but unfortunately will be paralyzed for the rest of his life and today there was actually news that he's actually handcuffed to he's handcuffed to the damn bed at his hospital like, that's some fucked up shit. That's some racist shit. That's some anti-black shit. But that's uh, that's very American and very normal of the police to do to black people and people of color. After they actually... They, they wanted to kill him and they didn't kill him. So they handcuffed him to a bed even though he can't move because he's paralyzed. And they shattered his spine, shot him in the stomach. And he had to get his intestines removed. So all that shit happened to him. And he still gets handcuffed to the damn bed at the hospital because America is anti-black. And America was founded on white supremacy. And they worship the police. They worship the military. They worship fascism in this fucking country. So, something I want to point out that was reported by the Dallas Morning News, I believe. Tim Kalashaw, who covers the Dallas Mavericks. He said that... Doc Rivers spoke to the players in the meeting this morning and convinced the players that they should use their platform to keep playing, which actually really annoyed me because nobody was critiquing Doc Rivers the other day when he was speaking to the media. He was emotional and a lot of, he made a lot of good points about being a black man in America and crying because of what's happening and the constant constant trauma of someone being black and seeing black people murdered every day on the internet by police. But he mentioned that he doesn't believe all cops are bad because his father was also a police officer. And he said, we're not trying to defund all of the police's money. We just want to hold police accountable, which is true. You want to hold the police accountable, but I want to push back on the whole thing about not all cops are bad. To me, that's a bunch of bullshit. I'm a believer in the abolition of police. I pretty much did all my research in college and in grad school on policing of people of color and the social control of uh, Chicanos in San Jose, which applies obviously to black people because they are the ones most policed by the police. 
And so I push back on that whole notion of the police, that there's good cops out there. Now, let's make a clear distinction. I try to explain this to people whenever I have debates about good cop versus bad cop. A cop is a job. This is why Blue Lives Matter is a bunch of bullshit. It is not a fucking... It's not a race. It's a fucking job. You choose to do that job. It's your choice to be a cop. It's your choice to be a goon for fucking capitalism and white supremacy. That's your choice. Black people don't choose to be black. Mexicans don't choose to be Mexican. Native Americans don't choose to be Native American. Middle Eastern, Arabic people, South Asians... Asian people, they don't choose to be that. That's the category you guys gave us. Remember, the United States, specifically eugenics, back in the day, I'm an anthropologist, back in the day anthropology started with racist science and eugenics. White supremacy is America. Like, come on, man, in, 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 the UK, the Irish weren't considered white to the British. They were considered, considered inferior. But when they came to the United States, Irish, along with other Europeans that assimilated to the United States later on from the original settlers, were allowed into whiteness because Anglo-Americans, the original settlers came to this realize came to the realization that hey these Europeans that look like me with the same skin color let's use that and divide and conquer the rest of the people in this country that let's divide and con- divide and conquer with the black slaves and black and Chinese uh, railroad workers back in the 1800s and the Mexicans working the railroads and the Native Americans whose land you stole, like, man, you choose to be a cop. It's not a life. I mean, it's not, you're not, it's not a race. So fuck you and fuck that shit. There is no good cops. If a barrel full of apples has one rotten apple, the whole barrel's rotten. And let's make the clear distinction. You could be a good person and maybe be a police officer. I don't doubt that. I have family that are law enforcement. I vehemently oppose them being police officers, but I do love my cousin and my aunt. But I'm against the job they are, but I know them personally, and I know they're good people. But the system they're a part of, the profession they're a part of, is rotten. So there's no good cops. Whenever good cops try to do something, they silent them. The supposed good cops. A real good cop would quit their job. So fuck that whole good cop versus bad cop. The cops, again, as I said in a previous episode, started as slave patrols, slave catchers. Their whole origin was literally to catch slaves. Those are the ancestors of black people in America today. The cops in Texas, the Texas Rangers, lynched Mexicans, killed Native Americans, that is the origin of the police. To go, go, go against anyone against white supremacy. Anyone they saw inferior. And that wasn't white. 
or upholds the power structure of white supremacy in the United States of America. So yeah, I push back against that respectability politics that Doc Rivers brought and seems like it really influenced the players from continuing their strike. And from what I was reading, it seems like the leadership of the National Basketball Players, Players Association, Chris Paul and Andre Iguodala also played a part. But to me, it seems, it seems very important to point out that Doc Rivers had a hand in them coming back, coming back to playing. And then I also read that Michael Jordan was also the, a bridge between the owners and the players and that he is the head of labor relations for the committee of owners, which is laughable to me because even though Michael Jordan is considered the GOAT, he is the reason sports athletes were apolitical for so long. I talked about this in a previous episode as well. Again, Michael Jordan once said that Republicans buy sneakers too as his excuse for not endorsing a black Democrat candidate back in the early 90s. So, to me, Michael Jordan being a bridge here is really just killing, killing, it's, it's like union busting. He's killing this movement right here of NBA players, which, don't get me wrong, was historic, and I am so happy it happened, and I will continue to praise them, because this hasn't happened in pro sports ever. Now, before I end the podcast, I want to bring attention to the National Hockey League, which yesterday, um, not surprisingly, only had like a moment of silence for like a minute yesterday or something like that. And so one of the black players, one of the top black players in the NHL, uh, one of the best players, if not the best player on the San Jose Sharks, Evander Kane, had something to say about that. This is from Evander Kane's Twitter, and you could see his tweet on our Sports as a Weapon Instagram page if you want to take a look. So this is according to Evander Kane on Twitter. He said, actually, it's incredibly insulting as a black man in hockey, the lack of action and acknowledgement from the NHL, just straight up insulting. So the NHL did not join these strikes yes, uh, yesterday. But they ended up actually joining the strike today and canceled all their games. And that was basically due to an alliance of black hockey players. So the strike in the NHL was possible because of this black player alliance called the Hockey Diversity Alliance, which was recently created just in June. So about 100 players ended up meeting that were left in the bubble. I believe there's six teams. Honestly, I haven't paid attention to the NHL playoffs because I've been so busy paying attention to baseball and, uh, and the NBA, especially because my team's not in it. So my team's the LA Kings. So that's why I haven't really paid attention to the hockey playoffs because they're not in it. So, so yeah, sorry, uh, my listeners from Canada. I think I have some listeners from Toronto. Maybe it's my, uh, comrades from end of sport podcasts um so sorry i haven't been paying attention to hockey so much um so anyways yes so mlb did continue the strikes today seven games were postponed 
all the teams that canceled yesterday ended up playing today except for the um Rockies and Diamondbacks who decided to go on strike for a second day and I believe the Brewers and Cubs still played today too and they played yesterday so they're I think literally the only ones literally the two teams that did not pretty much go on strike so the other games that went on strike today were the Red Sox and Blue Jays the Twins and Tigers the Phillies and the Nationals the Rangers and the A's and I believe the Mets and the Marlins. Yep. And then the Orioles and the Rays. I think I might have said them already. So there were seven games today that were canceled due to the players deciding not to play in solidarity with the sports strike that was sparked yesterday by the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA. And lastly, before I end the podcast, the NFL also joined the strike today. Nine teams opted to not practice today, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. And those teams were the Chicago Bears, Denver Broncos, Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Chargers, Indianapolis Colts, New York Jets, the Green Bay Packers, the Tennessee Titans, and the Washington football team. So, the NFL also joined the strike. Yesterday, the Lions didn't practice in solidarity as well. So that's going to wrap up the podcast. Um, hope you enjoyed it. It's kind of all over the place. But yesterday was a historic day in sports. I was going to do an episode yesterday, but a lot of logistics to recording. I'm hoping that you enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, that's going to be the podcast. Don't forget to like us, share, subscribe, and download and leave a review of the podcast on iTunes, if you listen to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. And if you have a review or have questions, leave it on Apple Pod on the iTunes reviews of the podcast, and I might read them on the on an episode of the podcast. Also, you could check out the podcast on Spotify and Google Podcasts, and soon Stitcher and Pandora, and I think I might register it for iHeartRadio as well. And in the future, whenever Amazon launches their Audible podcast site, it would also it will also be available there. And then you could check us out on our website at www.sportsasaweapon or on Facebook at facebook.com backslash sportsasaweaponpodcast. Same thing for Instagram, instagram.com backslash sportsasaweaponpodcast. And on Twitter, the handle is just sportsasaweapon. Thank you for all my new followers on Twitter and Instagram. It's not too many yet, but as long as I get some new ones, that'll be cool. Also, or it's cool. Also on Twitter, I've uh, connected with a couple more like-minded uh, people, specifically activists and pro and uh, professors who study politics and sports and other podcasts. So shout out to all of you. Thank you for following my uh, Twitter page and hopefully you're listening to this podcast and if you ever want to collaborate let me know we could collaborate I could jump on your podcast or you could jump on mine I want to eventually have some interviews and guests when I get this uh, with like when I get some more episodes in and figure out the setup for that so that's gonna wrap up the podcast today 
And one more thing before I end the podcast, something that was very shocking to me that my brother actually brought up to me when I was talking to him about the protests yesterday. He mentioned to me that Skip Bayless called for the abolishment of police unions, and I was a little shocked, and I looked it up today on Twitter, and he did. He, he said we should abolish police unions. So, damn, man, even Skip Bayless is calling for the abolishment of police unions and for some change. So, he's a talking head, but that was very good of him to say that. So, can't hate on Skip Bayless on that one. I usually don't really like him because he's such an instigator and that's all he is. He's a talking head for sports to get people riled up in ratings. But I will give him this. Him and Shannon, and, uh, Shannon Sharp do get into some deep commentary sometimes. So that's going to wrap up the podcast. Let's see what happens this weekend with the NBA returning. Um, and maybe yesterday's historic day can be a catalyst for the future. Now that players understand their power their labor power, because that is the most important thing they could use is their labor power with their platform as professional athletes who influence a lot of people around the world and a lot of young people. So, again, I can't believe it happened yesterday. It didn't go long for the NBA because they're deciding to play, but it spread to other sports with the NHL, MLB, hockey, the NFL, the MLS, tennis, so this is amazing. Hopefully it continues in the future when the players realize how much power they have. They're already realizing it, but I don't think they've realized how much power they have and how much power they could have kept leveraging for themselves, specifically the NBA players. But anyways, it was an amazing day yesterday, and it's the whole point of why I make this podcast and came up with the idea of sports as a weapon. It's the whole point why... I also researched sports and politics going back through the history from the 60s and reading The Revolt of the Black Athlete by Dr. Harry Edwards of San Jose State. Had to throw that in there because I'm an alumni. So, yeah, man. Hopefully this is a catalyst for something in the future for labor organizing and sports and the future of worker solidarity, not just in sports, but for all workers, for all the proletariat the players that are not proletariat they're millionaires but they once were part of the working class and the poor and they still have families they still have family members that are part of that are working class and part of the poor so hopefully it continues thank you again for listening to sports as a weapon have a good one sports as a weapon <laughs>